Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Review our podcast. We're coming to you live from the Corey Hyman Studios, where I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Jacob Davis of Arkansas Fight. And we're brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resources for all your sports information from line, in game betting, props, and futures. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jacob, we can finally kind of say that this is the official, unofficial official start to football season with, with fall camp starting. The watch lists are coming out. You're starting to get a little glimpse of a preseason top 25 list. So it's getting closer and closer. We're a little bit under a month away. It is August. That means high school football, college football, NFL. And I tell you what, it's it's got to be one of the most not boring times of the year, but just when you're anticipating from baseball into football every year, we we, we can't wait for the countdown to get here. And we're, we're finally into the midst of talking season, and it's about to start time to put pads on and play on Saturdays. Isn't it great, though, Porter? Because now you're not coming off two and ten and three and seven seasons anymore. You're coming off a nine and four season uh, for the Razorbacks last year, and and now you you're, you're juiced up. You you're hearing all the coach speak after SEC media days and what what Pittman is saying, and and you're here at fall camp, and it's just time to 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 gear up and, and get ready. It's talking season, man. Who who's got the men? Who's uh, who's got the boys who's got the x's and o's and jimmy's and joe's man it's it's time to get going yeah and again you know we keep on touching on you know it's the time where they're really starting to pad up and you know we won't be able to really see and I, our, our good friend zach orange you know he brought up a good point when you know on the on the show today he was talking about the first week is everything's going good the second week well this is what's going on bad and this is what could be fixed and then that third week it's game prep time and you don't hear nothing so I mean, now, you know, you're getting the full pads and you're getting the guys back. We've already heard some stuff about some injury reports and some guys being injured and, and how everything's going. I'll tell you what, that's the one thing I do like about Sam Pittman. You know, he is as transparent as he's allowed to be. You know, no coach yeah. is going to come out and tell you every single thing about every player. But, you know, he don't have to say anything about Dominique Johnson and he might be ready or, or he's – the coach speak a day to day. He's actually like, well, I mean, he might not be ready. You know, he's coming along. But so I feel like the honesty there when it comes to, you know, how he's going to be and, and, and how that's going to affect the depth, you know, and I think it's bigger for them too in prepping of knowing, let's go ahead and plan on him not being here. And if he is, hey, cool, let's prep for it. Yeah, and, and it's in the past few years, you know, they've kind of kept the injuries hush-hush throughout fall camp uh, under the Bielema regime and, and under Morris and being able to see the – see be able to see what Pittman's saying. And, I, I, you know, like we are talking about with Dominique, I don't know, you know, what kind of injury. I mean, it must have been – worse than what we anticipated after the Penn State game, or maybe his surgery just didn't get scheduled enough time, you know, uh, before fall camp that he missed all that. Uh, I mean, it could, maybe it's not as bad as what, you know, most people are saying, or not most people are saying, but uh, it may not be as bad as what we believed. You know, it could have been 
But, you know, it's going to be tough being able to lose or having to lose him for the first game because you're going to be missing that power dimension. But I don't think it's an absolute killer like we talked earlier. Yeah, it, I th- I really feel like if you and, – and that just seems like that's happened every year when it comes to the Razorback football team. Before they even get started, they're talking about injuries yeah. more than the game plan. You know, this guy's out, this guy's hurt. And so I think if you could afford, you know, previous years you couldn't afford anything. You know, you couldn't afford a guy losing at any position. And I think now right. this year when we're talking about the depth, especially in when you're talking about the running back room in the position, you can afford to lose one guy because you've got so many people behind him that, that can facilitate, you know, the running game because you also got a quarterback who can run too. You know, that's where yeah. the dimension of you're talking about that power runner that Dominique Johnson is. I mean – You've got somebody right there behind you or right there in front of you and K.J. Jefferson that can take that load off and really yeah. take in, you know, the run game and, and then, of course, Rocket Sanders and then Green as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, Richard Wright, he came in and said uh, injuries do happen every year. Uh, we can go back to the 2015 season with Jonathan Williams and how big of a blow that was. And, you know, it was a big blow, but I don't think it would have changed anything on, uh, you know, for that season, uh, 2015, because Alex Collins ended up having like nearly 1,600 yards and scoring 20 touchdowns. Uh, had an incredible, like, one of those DMAC type of years that you wouldn't have expected to see. Um, and then Devin Talley, he says uh, Rashad Dominion is going to turn heads. And if you don't know who Dominion is, he is the true freshman out of Cedar Grove High School out in Georgia, an Atlanta suburb. Uh, he His high school coach – or a former high school coach was Jimmy Smith, at, uh, who is now the running back coach at Arkansas. So, obviously, there's a connection there. Jaden Hazel was from the same school as well. But, yeah, Rashad Dominion, he has a uh, he has a lot of speed, and I think Coach Pittman alluded to that uh, a couple of weeks ago as a guy that could probably play a little bit of punt returner as a true freshman. Yeah, and that, that's where you want to, you know, anybody that can be that guy where you're multi, you use him in the slot, you can run the sweeps. And that's the thing that – you know, when it comes to this offense, and especially where Kendall Bryles really likes to try those gimmicky plays, you having yeah. depth like that in multiple – you're not using your star running back or your star athlete to try to get and run those gimmick jet sweeps. You have a freshman right. that can possibly, you know, be a returner. You need – when's the last time we've had, honestly, a huge return threat? And I know with how the kicking game is now in college and it moved forward, you know, it's hard, you know, to really judge that now yeah. because – there's hardly any more returns, but e- even having a threat like that can really benefit. We really want to kick the ball in the end zone because we want to keep it away from that guy. Absolutely. And but like you said, going back to losing a guy, it, it, and you think about the game plan uh, of what you're going to have to do, you think about it, Rocket Sanders is not some slouch either. He'll run you over. Uh, he proved that in the old Miss game where he ran for 137 yards on like 17 or 18 carries. He also had a 100-yard uh, game, I think, against uh, Penn State where he ran over a couple of guys too. So there is hope. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, this running game is just going to be dormant just with losing one guy for one game maybe. But I do think there's still uh, – I mean – you're going to have to work through it because those injuries are going to happen, just like uh, uh, Richard said earlier But in that comment. But, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, uh, you know, but I think it's 
I think being able to be reflective uh, like Sam Pittman is, I think is a huge thing because we don't see that very often when it comes to head coaches talking about injuries. Well, and, I, you know, you bring up a point about running guys over. I, man, I have said this and said this and said this. You know, we talk about safety and how safety is just the biggest key when it comes to the college game. But look at the pads. Look at the equipment. They don't even have knee pads anymore. Like, there's not a such thing as a true yeah. knee pad in a football. Look how, you know, small the shoulder pads are. You know, it, it, so I really squirm. You know, you're talking about Jalen Catalan and how he leans. It, but you're almost, as a defender, you have to lean in with your shoulder, and yeah. you're really having to emphasize on that because if you do anything helmet to helmet, it's a flag. But look how thin the shoulder pads are. And if you're going, you got two guys running four six four seven at each other. One's 260, one's 180, 200 mm-hmm. pounds, and you have that – you do that 10, 15 times a game, yes. So, I really would love – I mean, I know maybe once a game or once every other game, man, if you just need that third down, you plow them over. But I think when it comes to – in the instance of we need it for a first down or or you need it for a touchdown, I think any other instance, I would get out of bounds in a stop clock situation or get down because – to me, it's not worth the risk of getting yet another running back hurt. But then, like right. I said, with the quarterback, to me, like a quarterback, I mean, you got a running quarterback, and, you know, it, it's always just baffled me. Like I said, the NCAA talks about safety, safety, safety. But when they start making the safety equipment smaller and smaller, I, I, it just, like I said, it until they make changes yeah. to that, I really – that's when I would want my running backs running people over. Because you remember the thick shoulder pads, the neck roll, you know, yeah. and were they in the big oh, yeah. old helmets. And, yes, I know, it turns a, oh, yeah. I know it turns a 4'6 guy into a 4'8 guy. But what really, unless you're just running away from people, you're evening out. So, but Richard Wright has right. another question. He uh, says, you, do you guys think our run game or pass game will be our strength? I mean – in any balanced offense, you want you get you got to go with what your bread and butter is. You've got to look at what your strength and your depth. So I will vote run game because that's where I'm. You know, I know for sure that I feel better with KJ the run game opposed to the passing because we are really not for sure on the on a wide receiver position. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with running game too, uh, just because of what Porter said, but also. The, the run game, they Arkansas led the FBS, which is the uh, football subdivision, and all power five. All power five schools in the FBS, Arkansas led the nation at 227 yards per game last year. Uh, that was more than Ole Miss. That was more than uh, uh, all your other SEC teams. That was more than anybody, you know, any big team, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Arkansas could, can, can, uh, can have pride in that. Now, saying this, can they build on that? The development of A.J. Green, the uh, kid out of Oklahoma, is going to be key to me. Uh, if he can, if he can, you know, I think he hit that freshman wall about halfway through the season last year because he had good games against A&M. He had a good game against, uh, against Texas. He also had a good game, uh, had a couple of carries against Penn State that showed his speed. The guy is a speedy guy. I think uh, you can probably see some lightning and thunder there. And then, uh, and then you, if you had you add Dominique to the uh, equation, and you just got three guys that can do different things. I think the running game is definitely going to be our strength early on. But I can see the pass game developing over the over the time this season. 
Yeah, because you know you, I know they have you know summer camps, fall camps, and but there's a big difference between getting timing going when you're just throwing with no defense, yeah. and timing getting your timing down when one you're playing against a vanilla defense, and then you've got to go into a game situation. So so what you're seeing and what your rhythm and your 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 routes and stuff are going against your own defense. Let's see how that transitions. And I think going up against a team like Cincinnati, that your first test, that's going to be big because you go right from Cincinnati to South Carolina. And that's where it's going to be big oh, yeah. too, you know. So that's why you just you run the ball, you get your game going, and then that opens up the pass. You run with your quarterback, yeah. That opens up the pass. Anything you can do to bring the safeties up or the linebackers up to try to cheat up because they respect KJ Jefferson as a runner. They respect our Arkansas's O-line, and, you know, they because, like I said, they are not too sure about their wide receivers so when, they're, when they are planning. But also I want to say to the passing game, what returning wide receiver do we really have that Cincinnati or South Carolina can sit there and game plan on for a month other than what you're going to see in the Cincinnati game for South Carolina – that, that it's going to be to the other team's advantage. So, really taking this passing game, yeah. that could be a flip side to where it could be their strength because nobody's seen these guys and nobody's seen how KJ goes with Hazelwood or what Trey Knox going to do. You know, who, whoever else you've got stepping up because you've got guys that are stepping up over from uh, the, the line or defensive back to – tight end. So when we've seen that the past couple of years where they've tried different guys out at tight end as well. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about uh, the changes in gear and stuff. I was listening to I think it was the Morning Mayhem show with our brothers at 1037 The Buzz uh, and they had Walt Coleman on who is a uh, uh, an NFL referee I think in a, in a college rule, and, he, and he knows the rules really well. Anyways he was talking about some of the changes that uh, were happening as far as what guys needed to wear in their uniforms and they did implement the uh, knee pads. They made that mandatory this year and they also made it mandatory that players all uh, they get rid of their ankle socks and they wear full length socks that go up to their knees and well, into their pants. Well, so I know they're wearing knee pads and, and they do, but do you? It's above the knee, like the pants nowadays. You don't see it. You know, yeah. you, it, 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 it's almost like you're you're wearing gloves on your wrist. Like it don't make any sense yeah. to me. But but yeah, I understand it you now because. I've got two sons that play, one seventh grade and one going into 11th grade, and they have to, you know, wear – but we had the pants with the knee pads built in and the hip pads and the thigh pads and stuff. Oh, yeah. And now the pants that they wear now, and even the high school game, it's – they come up to their thighs and it's almost like they're wearing culottes, you know. It's just – and for your youngins, <laughs> I don't even know if y'all don't even know what culottes are, but, you know, it's almost like a shorter capri. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But, yeah, I just thought I would bring that up. Uh, let's see here. We got a couple more comments. Uh, Chad Pendergrass, what's up, guys? Uh, he says, your running game sets up the action, play action pass. Uh, you also got to think about it, the threat of the RPO. And and we were talking about the threat that K.J. Jefferson is as a uh, running quarterback. Uh, the guy is a complete dominant uh, physical specimen there. Uh, but, yeah, the RPO, I mean, 
it's it's a different kind of thing in college football now uh, because of the spread offenses. And it's really cool though to see uh, to see the development as far as what the RPO has come from like the early 2010s to now. And that's what that I mean. Obviously, that's what most people run. But it's really cool, especially in the SEC, to to see uh, what KJ Jefferson can do and 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 be. That is his dominant part in his game. A lot of people comparing to Cam Newton, uh, even though he's not the not the same size. But I think he has a pretty good arm. I think he's a little bit more accurate than what Cam Newton is. But I don't think he's as good of a runner as Cam. But yeah, that uh, RPO game uh, really sets up. And I'll let you take this next one, uh, Richard Wright. Talks about trading yeah, trade knocks. and he has end. huge potential. I mean, he does. He has. He's had potential his whole time in Arkansas, and, and it's just what does he do with it? It's almost like a, right. a, a T.J. Hammonds. You know what we we knew about the you know Hammonds and his athletic ability, and they, you know there was times where he touched the ball and could run it to the house. You know, right. so you know that's what I want to see from him is, is you know. He could have been to the point where you go from wide receiver to tight end, and he took that as a demotion. Kind of got into right. his head a little bit, and, and instead of – and I'm not saying anything against him or negative whatsoever. This is just my interpretation on it is the fact that he could have took that as a, as a demotion, and it got to his head a little bit, and he wasn't that star receiver. He wasn't right there next to Burks. Then he finally started buying in, and, and now well, you've got a whole year into it. You know, right. and let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but I saw a picture of him. I think it might have been on the Razorback Nation page. Uh, some Razorback fan uh, put on uh, this afternoon. The guy looks good. I mean, he doesn't look – he was 215 last year and still kind of looked lean at 6'5". The guy's 6'5", maybe 250 now, and he is he's built like a Mack truck. And that, I, that's going to be huge. If that's going to be huge. If he maintains his speed, I think he had 4'6 speed. Or well, listen, you got to look at the, at the tight end. You don't need that. You, no, you don't. You don't. Need, and, and you look at the guys who are slot and tight end. You need quickness. If he can yes. separate himself, because if you're tight end, you're going to be going up against the linebacker. Go up against yeah. that linebacker or the or the defensive end. As long as you can get in space and get that third down, maybe get you four, five, six yards. You know, if they cheat up, we're talking about you know where the passing game or the RPO could come into play. Having a guy like Trey Knox, and this is why I think this is he should be the most integral piece to this. This offense, when it comes to – he's been in the system a long time. But the tight end position can get you that short slant. It can get you the short out. But also, if they're expecting that RPO, he can get over the top in, in that space in between the linebacker and the safety and get that first down. And when we're talking yeah. about third down conversions on the defensive side, you know, Arkansas being able to get to where, you know, they can get a third down and long with him. And that brings up another point from Jerry Howard. He's talking about so much about the receivers, but he's talking about Cam Little adds one win this year. Very true, because if you've got a guy that can get you from out of field goal range, not might not necessarily get you a first down, but get you in the field goal range, you've got a kicker like Cam Little instead of you're trying a 47-yarder. Now maybe you're trying a 42-yarder, and that just plays out. 
Yeah, and the guy has, I think, 52-yard range as his as long as this past season. So the guy can kick. I mean, so, yeah, he can he can win us a game. And wouldn't it be glorious because, you know, I still have the Hogs winning 11 games. I'm not I'm not pumping the I'm, – I'm not going to pump my brakes. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to drink my Kool-Aid that I have fixed for you. Man, but it would be glorious if he can kick through the uprights against Alabama and win because that's going to be tough, Alabama. I, yeah. I love what Nick Saban said uh, this morning. He says, man, look, last season it was a 13-win team and it was a rebuilding year. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't rebuild. That, How Nick. do you rebuild five no, stars no with five stars? Like, really, but, get yeah. real. How yeah. do you rebuild five stars with five stars? I mean, that's – that's uh, like, hey, I, I went from a millionaire to a double. Uh, uh, I replaced a million <laughs> with a million. I, I do have to do it yeah. every year. You know, rebuilding this bank account from one million to one five is just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, so but, I don't want to hear know, nothing out of him. It's got to happen. It's got to happen at one time uh, soon because Nick Saban, I mean, he, he's going to be gone, uh, I hope, by the time he's 90. But I don't want it know? to be that. I want them to get a win against yeah. Saban. I want them to I beat wanna, Saban. I want to see it because they – did you know? Did you see what my tweet? I uh, tweeted about a uh, uh, Arkansas had the series tied with Alabama the year before Saban. That 2006 uh, win, they were tied at eight wins apiece in the uh, all-time series history. The 14-game winning streak has now pushed it to 22 to eight. That is simply shows how dominant Saban has not only been against Arkansas, but Tennessee hasn't won in that same timeline either. That's just simply incredible. Do you do you know the last time Arkansas beat Nick Saban? Uh, two thousand two, I think, against uh, Miracle LSU. on Markham. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. took a it's miracle. <laughs> it took a miracle to beat him. <laughs> it took a miracle to beat him at LSU. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just yeah. yeah, that's crazy to think that two thousand two. I was two years out of high school. And I'm 40. That's the last time that they've beat Nick Saban. But they, you know what? They've played them close. You know, even oh, yeah. in even in the down years. You know, they've. I mean, in the yeah, the score was 60 to 30 or whatever like that. Yeah. But they, I mean, that was a runaway at the end. But they've played them very close, and they played them close last year. You know, they've gave them a run for their money, and that's just the thing that when you don't play where you know you're going to beat this team by 40. You get really conservative. You don't just sit there and throw the playbook at the other team and just start going for every shot. You're methodical. So you're taking this team like in Alabama and you're more you're a little bit more conservative with your offense and defense because you respect that team on the other side of the ball. And that gives the underdog a chance because if they can sit there and just score right with you, then it turns yeah. into a game of turnovers. And if you can win that turnover margin, especially in a game, you need to win the turnover margin to beat Alabama. You know, that, that's yep. just – unless they just play like Bo Nix did last it. year. Yeah, unless you just play like Bo Nix did last year and just have the game of his life and they have a subpar game and you go in there and win. Kind of like how Texas A&M did win on the field goal. But I'm telling you, Arkansas's do, and I'm just – I'm looking at like if I was – I'm not saying it will happen. But I'm saying if it was to happen, I think this is the year that it would, would be to happen. Yeah. You, you look around. I have a better feeling than I did even in 2011, which they ended up losing 38-14 uh, with Tyler Wilson, their quarterback. They had the game one in 2010 with Ryan Mallett, uh, at quarterback, in a pretty hungry defense. But you look at it this year, 
and 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 you look at the defense, and and this is where I think the difference is going to be from last year's team to this year's team, because there are so many. I think the Arkansas got better talent-wise this offseason uh, at defensive back because now you don't just have one really good corner in Monterey Brown. You've got Latavius Brittany. You've got Jalen Kett. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list all these guys, all the defensive backs, because they're, they they cross-train. You've got Jalen Catalan. You've got Latavius Brittany. You've got Dwight McLaughlin. You've got Hudson Pick six Clark or, you know, or uh, three Musketeer Clark. I mean, the guys, the guy plays well. Uh, who else do they have back there? They've got uh, Ladarius Bishop, who was a at one time Mississippi State commit. He's played sparingly throughout his career at Arkansas. He has really good speed. Speed. Uh, I think he's a pretty good cover corner. You've got Malik Chavis from right down the road in Ryzen, who's really played well. And in the opportunities last season, he he uh, had uh, he he made a uh, uh, he he made the uh, made an impression on the uh, on the Razorback staff. And then you've got uh, man, shoot. I'm going uh, – oh, Miles Slusher uh, yeah. and Jaden Johnson. I really like Slusher out of Oklahoma. That kid is just dynamite and a, a guy that is going to take over for Catalan. But you look at that up and down in the defensive backfield, Arkansas is going to slow a lot of teams down uh, passing the football. If they're going to get beat, it's going to be by teams that are going to run the football. And I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball uh, as well as you think because you got Drew Sanders and Bumper Poole as linebackers too that I think are going to be really good. So I think this defense, if they're going to beat Alabama this year, uh, I don't know how we got on this rabbit trail, but I probably start, I think I started it. But – I mean, it's going to be because of the defense. And then the offense, anything you get out of the offense is just extra. Well, yeah, yeah, because we talked about it earlier. When it comes to turnovers, your defense causes turnovers. So, I mean, of course, this year it's going to be the defense that went and that's going to have to step up. Yeah. That's your most seasoned side of the ball. That's the one where you've really got guys that you've got guys coming in from Georgia, LSU, Alabama that can really help you out this year. I mean, could you imagine if the offense would have got – I mean, other than Hazelwood, if you would have got a running back from, say, LSU or Alabama or receiver from Georgia, I mean, how much different yeah. this offense would be. So, yes, it's going to have to come to the defense because, you know what, Look, like I said, last week, you know, look what happened in the Ole Miss. You got in a shootout and let them score 50 on you. You, you gave up a, a gut punch to Auburn and let them have their way with you when – well, then look at Georgia game. I mean, you had three games yeah. right there. Look, you're talking about a, a nine and four season. Three of those games, two of them could have went either way. Yeah. Other than the other than the Georgia the game. Georgia game. But the Auburn and you game. Can probably say the Auburn game. Too. Yeah, I mean, I if think they the wouldn't have, game, they were. But they let him have the game of his life. So I mean, they just didn't yeah. let him let him eat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Yeah. Ryan says, do we lose momentum if we go 8-5 and five this season? Could that affect recruiting by taking a step back? And we talked about that a couple of times over the past few months, Porter. Uh, I'll let you go first on that. I have the same opinion here. Uh, if you want to go first, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. 8-5, and five, no. No. Because, I mean, here's the deal. I give a team, especially in the era of – transfer portals and seniors leaving you're going to have a constant you're going to have more rotation in your offense and defensive now than ever before with guys coming in one year whether they're a senior coming back for their senior year or they're a guy coming in from the transfer portal and then they're leaving you know they're coming back for their fifth year or whatever if you go eight and five this year 
playing the toughest schedule in college football, playing the toughest conference in America. No, it, I mean, that, it, now, that's not. Now, if you have – and we talked – this is where I will say the exception is. If you get your program to where you're consistently winning 9, 10, 11 games a year, 9, 10, 11 games, say 10, 11, 10, 11, 10, 11, every year, if you drop back 10, 8 wins, yes, that's a step back. So, like this year, if Arkansas goes nine wins, or, or now this year they go seven wins, that's taking two games to me is a step back. One game, no, I give it a buffer. You know, just like say they win nine games, but yet they go 10 and three this year. I mean, it's in a sense kind of a t- step forward, but if they go 11 and two, that's a big step forward. Just like I go on the losing end. You know, eight and five, they, they really had a great year, and you're still going to a really good bowl, bowl game. But like I said, I think, they, I think they win nine games again this year. Yeah, and, and I've told Ryan the same thing. I mean, we are coworkers, so he knows my opinion, too, uh, and mine is the same as yours. I mean, you, you go eight and five, I, I think you're still good. I still think you're, you're going to continue the momentum because you're showing the uh, – that that you can continue to win games and you're in and you have you're going a step forward because if you go six and six or, or worse i mean i think it's i think you're obviously taking a step backwards which i don't think you can with a staff of this caliber and the players that you're bringing in i don't think you go worse than eight and five i think 11 and two i think is or 11 and one is a very very good season i think uh 10 and three i mean if you if you want to say that i think that could be the ceiling I think eleven and one could be the ceiling, but I think you're more than likely to go ten and two uh, with a bowl win than go at eleven and one in a regular season. I, I, I still think it's if a good you shot. would want me to stop, like okay, where's my ceiling? I, I would I would go with ten. I can't do eleven. There's they just don't have yeah, enough no. depth. They don't have enough depth on offense, and yes, they have a really good defense, but I don't see them outscoring all but one of their opponents. I don't, I don't see them just losing to Alabama and then outscoring everybody. And that, that's where yeah. they could. You could. I could see 10 wins. I could. Ball rolls the way. I'm not saying yeah. you can't tell me that they went nine games. They won nine games last year. The only thing that would really get me to question it is the fact of LSU and their new coach. You know, they don't have a coach yeah. on the decline and the program on the decline. You got a guy like Brian Kelly that comes in with the talent. They're hungry. You know that's my biggest toss-up game this year is the is the the LSU game. What what are they going to do with that yeah. talent down there? Texas A&M. I'm I'm not impressed with Jimbo. We finally got that monkey off our back and won that game. I see I see that as a win. And I think next week what we're going to do is we're going to go over the schedule now that it's come closer because the closer we get, then we'll have to talk Cincinnati. But I think next year we'll go game by game and really kind of break down what we think. The keys to each game, keys to win, and, and how we could end up losing. But yeah. no, I, I I could see ten, but I, I would really stick yeah. with a nine win year. Now, if they do start the season zero and two, I would say that's uh, you sus, can't start. Suspect. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't, can't start zero and two because I don't think you can recover because you had yeah you had Missouri State the next week, but you you would be falling backwards, and I don't think you could recover from an zero and two. Start. I don't think you could even lose to Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I don't think. They lost a lot, and, they and, and they lost they a lot. Yes, they're a fa- they're a decent. I'm not saying blow them out, even if it's a one point win. A win is a win. 
But I just don't think with how you're trying to take a step forward and what that Texas game last year meant to this program, you go out, SEC Network's there. It's against a, a, a team who, like I said, yeah, they made the college football playoff last year, but they're coming to your house. They've lost a lot on the the both sides of the ball. You've gained. Yeah. You, you have to win. If you want me to pick one of the two games – between Cincinnati and South Carolina, if they were to split that, you definitely you got to win the Cincinnati game. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I know we're going to get up in, uh, up close to a break. Uh, let's see here. We'll do one more question, then we'll have to go to a break. Uh, opinion question. And it says, what do you guys see is more important for the D, having bumper pull? having Drew Sanders transfer in. Who was the number one athlete in the country not long ago? And, man, if now he's going to be – here's the tough part. If you could only have one, which would it be? Um, if, if, man, I couldn't answer the second part because, I mean, if I could have one, I, I would go with Bumper Pool because he's been here. You know what you're getting out of him. I, I could, I'm not one of them guys yeah. that – I don't care if he was an All-American in Alabama – just because you're an all about all American in Alabama, you yeah. how you jail. Bumper pools gave his yeah. heart to this 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 state, this team. So I'm riding with the guy who's been here. Always will, unless he's yeah. proved now five games in, it could be a different question. But right now he's not even played it down for Arkansas. I'm not gonna sit there and say that I'd much rather have. But on the back side of that, I think it's important having Drew Sanders in when it comes to the first question. Because you've seen how much Drew Morgan played hurt, Bumper played hurt, Henry played hurt. Anytime you can add depth to that linebacker position, I think that's important, especially with Jalen Catalan coming back. And, of course, you know what? He's going to be a little hesitant those first couple of games on that field. You're going to need a guy like Drew Sanders to really oh, yeah. kind of step up and, and do that. So, But, hey, we'll go and get to more yeah. comments after the break yeah. and let, go ahead and throw something in there. Yeah, as I love Bumper because the guy – I love his mentality. The guy came from two back-to-back, two and ten seasons. And, and he really set the bar with uh, Sam in year one under him. And now he's in his fifth year, and you're seeing – you talk about the personification of this program. He is the man. He, he is – this is – it's hard work, blue collar. And, and when, when Sam Pittman says he's got a sign in his office that you're not coming here to, to play for the University of Arkansas, you're coming here to play for the state of Arkansas, I absolutely believe that. And Bumper's come with his heart set on playing for the state of Arkansas. He's the guy that he, – he is Arkansas, and, he, and it's, it is in his heart, even though he's a Texas guy. Uh, I really like Bumper Pool the, the best, but I could obviously change my mind uh, later on down the down the line maybe next year drew sanders be my favorite uh favorite linebacker we've got well like i said you know we'll get we'll get back to your questions we're, we're going to hit a commercial break real quick to you know have a word from our sponsors but before we do of course we got to give a shout out to our guy Corey hyman full he's full steam ahead providing northwest arkansas southern missouri and with the best electrical and plumbing supplies around you can give him a call at 479-301-8220 or email him at chineman at andersonp.com. He is the electrical supply guy, and we will be back after the break. 
Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to a Hog Talk Live presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. They have brought back their Thursday night prime rib special. I'm telling you, it's one of the best dinners in the River Valley. Go down there and seeing Chris and Destiny Brockett down in downtown Ozark. They're really trying to revamp the, the downtown area and, and, and turn it into like a, a entertainment district. So I've been there and there many times, had a couple of drinks and good food. They have live music every weekend, karaoke. So be sure to head on over to Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. And I do want to, before we get in, I, I, I seen a comment during the break. Have to bring it up here. And uh, it says... At the break, if you want to change that Clemson flag for a hog flag, nobody will complain. Well, I mean, if I just tilted it just a little bit, I'd have it. But no, I got to have my half and half, brother. I, got, I mean, look, I'm, I'm Clemson ride or die, baby. Uh, so that I love covering the hogs, and, and me and Jacob have many talks about, you know, when I come to the Hog Talk podcast, that was the main reason why, as I wasn't a huge Arkansas fan I really could see both sides of it and even now you know uh, I mean I'm a fan I root for the hogs unless if they of course now last year I was really I was getting really worried that Arkansas and Clemson was going to play in the belt bowl or something or in the outback bowl I really (laughs) dude I'm telling you and I was talking to coach neighbors because now the women's basketball team is playing Clemson but they're playing in like the Virgin Islands or, or somewhere like that. And I'm like, yeah, you would. Well, one time you get to play Clemson, you know. And so every coach I get to talk to, like I've talked to, uh, talked to Coach Dyfel about, uh, you know, scheduling Clemson. You know, just just a, they all know who, who I'm aligned with. And, you know, I know I've had a rough week with, with, especially with the Deshaun Watson stuff, you know. And I do not. Here's the thing. I've had a couple of people ask me about it, you know, because they know I'm a Clemson fan. And, you know, I'm a Clemson fan. I'm, I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan. You know, what he did, he gave me two national or gave me a national championship, one of the proudest memories I've ever had. I will always hold that to my, my heart of what that moment meant, but to sit there and just because he's from Clemson means I'm going to sit there and back him like some people do. I'm not – this is no, throwing any stones at anybody. But, you know, to sit there and back him after what's going on, whether he gets charged or not, I'm not going to do it. You know, there's just too much there that 
is like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to have your back. But I will always be a Clemson fan. I love Dabo. I know he gets on people's nerves with his antics and stuff. Hell, there's sometimes he gets on my daggum nerves. But <laughs> you know what? You see the helmet behind me, but you also see to the other side of me. I got my Arkansas stuff too, man. Yeah, that you. Once my office is done, my wife was picking up. She's, you've got to repaint that nasty, ugly painted room. It's like gray. <laughs> when we bought the house. It, it it was like three different walls. It's gray, blue, and gray. And she said, uh, you're gonna have to paint paint those if you're gonna put my house on uh, on your uh, show. And I'm like. Uh, what about if I cover it up with pictures and stuff? No, no, no. You're going to paint the room before you have me on. <laughs> so, uh, man, I'm going to have – I've I've collected a lot of Razorback stuff over the past uh, few years, and I've had some of the things given to me. I'm really excited to, to show them. And there's some uh, – there's some things that uh, was were given to me that I was surprised by. Uh, there was one that says uh, "Beat Tex ASS," obviously to try to, uh, and then there was another one that it was a it was a little boy peeing on the state of Texas with a Razorback <laughs> hat on. <laughs> yeah, uh, some old school stuff. So I'm really excited. What was, was that? The Calvin and Hobbs. Remember, was that Calvin and Hobbs had always done that peeing on stuff? You, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I think that's yeah. who it was. Calvin and Hobbs, and always, yeah. Yeah. But it's always in here, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to be able to do it every year because, you know, they're going to be in the conference. They're going to try to come sit at the big yep. boy table. And, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know Look, how all that's going to go. But If they thought getting the heck beaten out of them in Fayetteville last year, just wait till week one when they play Alabama. They are going to completely ruin Quinn Ewer's career. If you think about it, going back, Brandon Allen's first start at Arkansas was against Alabama, and they dang near ruined his career mm-hmm. to start out. The guy was like one or like two of twenty-one passing in that game for like thirty yards, and Quinn Ewers is supposedly going to be the starting quarterback at Texas this year. And if you, if you don't know about it, he was the guy that was uh, he he left school his junior year to start at Ohio State uh, as soon as NIL came out, and so he did get to start there uh, over C.J. Stroud. So he transfers to Texas, which is his home state. And can you imagine? I hope Alabama – I hate rooting for Alabama. I hate rooting for Texas. But, my gosh, I hope Alabama rolls all over them. Could you just think about, like, what Arkansas does on a year-in, year-out basis of A&M. Just, just you know, you got LSU, Ole Miss, A&M, Georgia, Bama, Auburn. Yeah. All back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And, then, and then you throw the East in there like when you had Georgia and Florida. You want to talk about Murder's Row. I mean, other, other than I will give this one when, when it comes to the Big Ten. Other than, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, sometimes Northwestern, that, that's a pretty tough when you talk wow, about like a four to five game Wisconsin. stretch. Well, yeah. they're in the other side. I'm talking about oh, that, oh, yeah. that okay, division. Like when you're talking about the division and when you have to play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State – I, you know, sometimes I will, when you talk about the cross, you know, I mean, that's about, that's as, I'm not saying it is as tough because it's not, but I mean, if, if you want to go where you think that it's just as tough, but you, when you got the Big 12 and, you know, you're playing TCU, which, you know, they're, they were a one dimensional team on defense. Now they're not really even that. Then you got Oklahoma State, they pretend to be good. 
you know, and, and Kansas State, Iowa State, you know, the, other than Texas and OU and something, you know, Baylor, you got th- you got to throw Baylor in there. That that's it's a three team league. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so and then you got two of them coming to the SEC. I just don't. It, it was funny, like there was talks there of Clemson coming to the SEC, and I put out a tweet saying that this is going to be. Clemson's first year schedule in the SEC, it was going to be at Alabama, at Georgia, at Florida, at Arkansas, <laughs> at LSU, at A&M, at, at, at. And because when you're going through that schedule, it, it's and when you're talking about – we're talking about the difference, and it goes back to – I can't remember who, who said it. I might have been Ryan when it comes down to, you know, is it taking a step back when you have an – no. You can't – I mean, when you're a team in a program like Arkansas – the third best team in the league can go very well eight and five. And that's yeah. a good year. That tells you how tough this league is. And it's only going to get tougher. And we don't even yeah. know what's going to happen when, if there's these super conferences that form. So, but yeah. I mean, and we're talking about, you know, you're, you brought up a thing before we recorded about the, the uh, preseason top 25. Yeah, if you want to elaborate on that. that. Yeah, so uh, CBS Sports came out with it, and Alabama obviously is going to be number one. Georgia's number three, and then I'm just talking about SEC. Uh, they've got Texas A&M at number nine, which I think is a reach. Arkansas appropriately ranked 16th. I wish they would have ranked them 15th just to say, man, Arkansas is a preseason top 15 team. But 16 is okay with me. Kentucky's at number 23, which I thought was low. <laughs> I thought that was low. I, you and, could and, honestly you know, switch Kentucky and A&M. Levis. Yeah. I don't have an infatuation with Will Levis just because he has to prove it first. They've got Tennessee at 24, which I think, okay, that's that's pretty honest. Uh, Ole Miss at 27. Florida at 30, which I thought was a little high because I'm not as uh, high on Florida as a lot of people are. Uh, LSU's at 31. Uh, Mississippi State's 35. Auburn, 47. South Carolina, 53, which I thought was kind of low. Uh, Missouri and uh, Vanderbilt rounded out at 67 and 113. So I, Here's the deal. This is one thing I don't care. South Carolina will always be 119 in my heart. You know, I, <laughs> but, I don't hey, you there's know. There's 131 teams Yeah, 131, now. you know, there's whatever. 131. James Madison moved up, yeah. so they can be 131. And 131. James Madison can be 130, right? Yeah, and they <laughs> and here's the deal, and this is what we talked about, you know, back in baseball season when Arkansas wasn't playing as well, and, and there is, you know, they've earned it, but they do give some of these teams, like a Texas A&M, that yeah. top ten, that, that, that ranking because Jimbo. But I'm not sold on – you know who who they lost their quarterback. Yeah. You know they don't. We don't know who their quarterback is. You know who who are they going to throw the ball to? You know where's their where's their receivers? Where's their running game? Jimbo has not proven to me as a coach that he can coach. It, it's it's almost like you look at Edo. Love love the guy. Mm-hmm. But he was not what he was hyped up to be because you had Brady around him. You had Aranda. You had Joe Burrow. One of the – I mean, if you want to really say – I mean, I don't know. I would say top three. You could. I would say you could make the argument that that LSU team was one of the top three best college football teams ever. Time. Ever. They were just yeah. that dominant. Okay? Maybe top five if you want to sprinkle in some Alabama teams and – and Nebraska, and Nebraska. Oh my gosh, the Nebraska teams, and that—that's another pod we can do about the teams that I could go on and on about what Frazier did against Miami and, and, and Florida and stuff. But yeah. uh, 
But no, I mean, it's just seeing what this team can really do. And got a big shout out from the guru, Kevin <laughs> Bohannon. Yep, baseball guy. Mr. Baseball. And he will also be doing the, the Friday night shows on, on the Ortho, Arkansas Ortho Hotline. Ortho you know, Arkansas, for the, yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. big, big honor for him. I, I do want to, you know, mention him real quick while we're talking about tangents of, you know, how he's come when he left, you know, being co-host of the podcast and him and Kyle went on to do their high school stuff. I mean, just in a year, what they've been able to do and, the, and that reach, you know, now Kevin's been on, you know, anybody who covers or has followed high school sports in the state of Arkansas knows Randy Rainwater, Rick Schaefer in, in, in the drive time show. So, you know, being able to be a part of that high school scoreboard show, man, and it's, it, it is an honor to be able to – and I'm an honor to be able to be a little special part of it when I call in the, the Ozark games, you know, this year. Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was, I was agreeing with you. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, – He's gonna. He did a great job last season. Obviously, you have uh, uh, Bear, uh, Barry uh, Grooms uh, from Humans, yep. Arkansas, too. He's on the show as well. Man, they really do a good job on Friday nights, and they break down. It's been amazing to me through the years that they are able to break down every single high school game in the state of Arkansas in a matter of three hours. Mm-hmm. And there's like, what, 100-something games going on? Yeah. And Barry Grooms, I mean, he has a memory. Uh, I mean – like he can, you can ask him a, a question about a single game, and he's prepared. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like the guy knows his stuff. And shout out to Barry Grooms, who does watch the show uh, too. So uh, I do know we have to talk about some of the uh, uh, the underrated moments oh, in yes, Razorback yes. history. I think is what you put out yes. on Facebook this morning. I just Let's talk had about a thought. A little bit of that. Yeah, I just had a thought, of, and I don't have a specific one. You know, but, you know, there has been a couple who've brought up the South Carolina game in, in, in 2011. And the fact that what people don't realize, and I don't they might or not not, South Carolina went and played in the SEC championship game that year. They represented yeah, the East. Yeah. And how I know that is because I was at the Clemson-South Carolina game where they beat Clemson and they were chanting SEC. But here's the fluky part of it. They made it to the SEC championship game with a four and three record. That's how horrible the East was that year. Aww. So, so of course I was there and, and and they were chanting that, and I was chanting four and three back at them. So you know it was just one <laughs> thing had had a little bit of that North Carolina moonshine in me, and they started talking to me, and I was talking to them. And but no, it, it's one of them deals that. You know, the hype around the SEC, and there's just so much uncertainty when it comes to your quarterback position and the most important position that you have. you got to be so – you can flip-flop these teams. Like I said, Kentucky, you know, what what, um, <clears throat> what, what Stoops, who the co- – I, why does his name leave my brain when I – the coach at Kentucky, what he's done there at – Oh, yeah, Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. Okay, I did have his name right. Yeah. I didn't butcher yeah, it. But right, what he's right. done there at Kentucky is kind of similar to what Pittman's done in Arkansas. And in a, in a town where it's less favorable, it's a basketball school. So, for in yeah, you're playing in the East, but still, yeah, what he's been able to do there for that program, you could, he's done more for me, like when it comes to terms of coaching and coaching up than – Jimbo has, and when it comes to the realm of SEC football, yeah, and and you look around the SEC, and and it's really, 
I'm sorry, and I came across this stake on your on the Hog Talk page uh, while I was looking <laughs> looking for a post <laughs> that stake from uh, from Arkansas Brewing Company. Oh yeah, that made me hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was going I told you that prime rib, but like, yeah, Ooh, man, that prime yeah. rib looks good. Woo, man. I didn't catch the price, but man, I would drive to Ozark tonight just to to have a steak. Yeah, that top that 2011. I didn't realize it, and memory didn't serve me correctly. But that was a top ten matchup in inside Razorback Stadium. The Arkansas won 48 to 36, I think. 41 21, I think. Yeah, and Jake Beck, I remember that game because I remember coming back home from uh, Texas during while I was in college, and I was listening to the game on the radio, and it was at the end of the game, and Jake Beckett sacked the quarterback. Uh, I think it was Connor Shaw. Knocked his helmet yeah. off. I mean, he hit him so hard. Uh, man, that was that's a good memory. I don't really know if I have a underrated Razorback moment. I can... I mean, I, I can go back in time and think of Matt Jones ducking the football, but that was a four and seven season. Well, I'm talking that, about it in the grand scheme of if this would have yeah. happened, what it it meant more. As say, like at the end of the season, this like the you know the the block field goal against South Carolina, you know things that yeah. could have happened that meant more to the whole grand scheme of a season that when you look back at it. Man, that, that Kansas State victory in the Cotton Bowl was pretty sweet. Yeah. You look back at that kind of thing in the grand scheme of things because that was really the last great Razorback football team they've had besides last season. And, I mean, I know that that team, 2021's team, was, was solid. They weren't an all-time great team. But, man, when you look back at that win there and you, and you think about the Joe Adams punt return, uh, I mean, that guy was just crazy. And then you think about Jarius Adams who's running wild behind the Kansas State defenders. Um, and you think about Dennis Johnson's runs and, and you, you look back now and you appreciate it more. You appreciate what you had more now because I think we a lot of us took it for granted that Arkansas was had staying power during that time period, and they really didn't. And that's a whole different podcast. One of one of my favorite ones, and it had to do with the Darren McFadden run, but it was the block that Casey Dick put on the receiver. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, it's one of them moments. But to me, I don't think that it gets enough. The like the block itself gets enough block, love yeah. because I mean this this quarterback he's not a running quarterback it ain't like KJ Jefferson running eighty yards down the right. field and he running down the field and he still has the awareness to be looking left and right and just plows that guy over and, and he didn't block just no. a regular old Joe no. that was Chad Jones exactly that, was a, that lead safety I mean yeah. that guy was just he was solid so but I don't yeah, know if that, that could was... I don't know if that fits in I'm not saying that's underrated yeah, I don't know I don't but know. it's just one of my moments that I. Because it, it, it's sad that I have more negative things like, of course, you know, Reggie Fish, of course, the Stoner fumble, of mm-hmm. course, the, the one that really sticks out to me because I was at the game was the Bua hit where, yeah. where they intercepted the ball and Matt Jones, they, they come back from, I think they were down 30 to 13 against Florida, against Chris Leak. This is right before Tebow come on. And they were driving down. I mean, people were leaving the stadium. They come all the way back, and he threw that interception, and there was a flag, which if you look at the play, I know people's going to argue about it. That was a helmet-to-helmet comp, you know, a hit. So 
But it's just yeah. one of the things that that play always stuck out to me was just that changed the whole grand scheme of, of, of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, we, were, yeah, we, we can talk about this real quick. Uh, Matt Jones, most passing yards ever, like 290. Yeah, that could be one of them underrated yeah. deals, you know, where yeah. he was not he was known for his efficiency, but he wasn't yeah. known for his, his passing. And yeah. I don't know, he could have had that in all overtimes, I mean, because that, that, that overtime game, man, they went crazy. Oh, yeah. Man, and you, and you, and you look back and, and the grand scheme of things, that, that changed our, uh, college football forever. I mean, that is a game that you will always remember was that 03 Kentucky game or that 01 Ole Miss game where they was set yep. to seven overtimes, longest games ever. Um, you, you think about the – at the time, we didn't know how big the Hunter heave was. When he when he heaved it back to Alex Collins to get the first down, and then I think Kyle Sutherland said something about it in the fourth overtime, where uh, where Brandon Allen was rolling right, rolling right, rolling right, and he finally found Jeremy Sprinkle right as he was about to go out of bounds to catch that pass to tie the game. I remember that uh, and, and how elated I was. And then the freaking cable, stupid sudden link internet, and cable went out, and so we didn't get to see the two point version play because they panned off to the uh, news because when I was living in El Dorado at the time growing up uh, before I was married uh, CBS was a uh, uh, Monroe Louisiana channel so they panned off yeah. to the freaking Louisiana <laughs> news and I got to miss the darn two point mm. conversion that uh, Brandon Allen scored on uh, somebody else said uh, it was it, uh, it was a the signature Allen play it was uh, yeah. the 2016 Allen uh, Austin Allen running into the end zone for a two point conversion and winning against TCU in 2016 in the second overtime. Wow! Yeah, that I almost forgot about that. That one. game was big too, um, a lot, you know. And you could honestly, and here's one that a, a future one, you know. Let's see how this season plays out. But we're talking about bowl wins and not having Burks in that Penn State game and, and rolling over to this year. You, you we, you know. That could be one of them games that them beating Penn State with a depleted roster and how that carries over, you know, because we seen what happened the last time when they beat Texas and then the downfall. Let's see if this turns into a positive when, you know, beating a program like Penn State and see what that means for uh, for the team this year. Yeah. Um, and I had one more thought. Um but I, it'll just have to go later. <laughs> I was reading the uh, comments, uh, and, and, and Kevin was uh, uh, went back and it was uh, clarifying what he was talking about in the comment. He said he didn't finish his thought there. Uh, and, and yeah, Tyler Wilson's uh, 510 yards in one game. Uh, that was impressive because you think about it. You, you, in Arkansas, if it wasn't for Tyler Wilson, there's no way Arkansas would have come back in that 2011 Texas A&M game. Um, and then you go and you think back to the back-to-back shutouts of LSU and Ole Miss back in 2014. I was at that Ole Miss yeah. game, and I've, I've repeated that story several times on the podcast. I think when I had Rohan Gaines on, 
two years ago, three years ago when we started the podcast, I talked about where I was. I remember where I was sitting in section uh, 128 before the expansion of Razorback Stadium. I had just got back with my corn dog. I was eating my corn dog and uh, put a bite in my mouth and I spit it out because Rohan Gaines <laughs> picked it off. Yep. And I didn't know at the time when he picked it off he was going 100 yards, but I spit it out and I was jumping up and down and my corn dog breaks off, the stick breaks off. I didn't get to finish my corn dog. I don't even know where it went to. I was a six-dollar corn dog that I didn't get to enjoy. And now the corn dog, thanks on your check, thanks a lot. The the corn dog stands gone behind my section. If you're listening to this podcast, please put it back. Yeah, I, I think there's other things that he's kind of working on when it comes to I the experience. <laughs> I want my corn dog. We'll just do it like you go to the movies and just sneak it in your wife's purse. Yeah. You know, stop yeah, by that. Dollar General and get you some corn dogs and heat them up and take them into the game with you. Oh man, oh, so yeah. But I guess, man, if we ain't got nothing else, brother, we're up on the hour. And, um, you know, it's been a fun show. We, we love yes, the interaction yes. that we're starting to get. I can feel the hype that we're getting ready for season. And it's not defined yet, but if, if, if it goes and, and our logistics and, and our time restraints can, can allow it, I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to try to shoot for two shows when it comes to football season. We're going to – I mean, we might do like a, a quick 30-minute preview with a, with a sports writer from the opposing team, you know, and then, of course, we'll go for the, you know, the recap after the game. But I think we're going we're gonna to see how that rides out and if it's where it turns into, uh, you know, the guy preview, maybe it be Jacob and a guy from the South Carolina squad or me with the Georgia squad or whoever – they're going, but I really would like to try to put out more content and more shows, and we've done it in the past with the previews with other people from the opposing team, and they've really been a hit. So I guess, Jacob, if you ain't got anything else, man, I'm going to wrap it up. Man, I'm good. You go ahead and wrap it up. Let's go to bed. Yeah. Well, this will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk podcast, and we will catch you next week. Go Hogs. Dude, that was a good show. Yeah. I like when we do that, have shows like that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.